Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 219. What's for dinner? Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's still not met his dream of being an extra on The Walking Dead, Pat Flynn. Hey, everybody, what's up? Thank you so much for joining me today in session 219 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Uh, I appreciate you and your time, and it's definitely gonna be worth it today because we have a great guest on. This is Megan Telpner from megantelpner.com, but also the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. She runs an online course, a program that runs about 14 weeks and has a 97% success rate, and her students are paying top dollar to get access to her, and she's gonna talk about all about what this course entails, how she markets it, how it was started in the first place, and why it's doing so well. So uh, I'm not gonna let you wait any longer. This is an amazing interview. I got a lot of insight out of it too, and it's making me think about what else I could do to better improve your experience here on SPI and in some of the courses that I'll be coming out with too in the future. So here she is. This is Megan Telpner from uh, culinarynutrition.com. Here we go. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to welcome Megan Telpner here on the SPA podcast. Megan, thank you so much for coming on. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Pat. Just before we started recording, you actually told me that uh, you had listened to the podcast before, which is awesome, and you had listened to one episode in particular that helped you out quite a bit as of late. Do you mind sharing that really quick before we get into your stuff? Yes, it was your interview about how reducing a third of your content can increase your traffic by 30%. And we've been doing it. We've been working through eight years of content where the first three are questionable at best. (laughs) And it's made such a fast and effective impact on traffic to my website. That's awesome. So you deleted or did redirects from old content or kind of just updated old stuff. All of the above, exactly. And a lot of consolidation where content was repeated that was maybe didn't need to be repeated multiple times mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and consolidated those into much better posts. Awesome. So this stuff works, everybody. Gosh, you got to take action, though, just like Megan does. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to get inspired by Megan's story. So why don't we just go right into it, Megan? If somebody were to come up to you on the street or something and ask you, what do you do? What, what would you say? 
That's one of the hardest questions I think I have to answer because <laughs> I do so many things. So by profession, I'm a nutritionist. I've written two books, so I guess I'm an author. But what I love and what I what spend what I spend most of my time doing is actually running the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, which is an online culinary school where we've graduated nearly a thousand people uh, in just over a couple of years. So that that's you know I, I have my hands in many pots. All of it's related to living a healthy and vibrant life. Awesome. How did you get started with uh, the academy? The Academy evolved out of the fact that, you know, nine years ago I went to nutrition school and it was great. And I learned a ton about nutrition, but still didn't know how to cook. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that that was what my job was going to be was I was going to teach people how to cook. First I had to learn. So I learned six new recipes and then host a class teaching those six recipes that I'd created. And the demand just kept growing until eventually we had, I had 20 different classes I was teaching. People wanted to sign up for the full season of courses. And so I ordered it into something of a curriculum and tried that out. At the same time, we tested out putting a few courses online as video-based programs. And those worked really well. And so in 2014, we took the plunge and launched it under the Academy of Culinary Nutrition umbrella and, and launched our full certification program. Very cool. So you had a class. This was an in-person class that people could attend? Yeah, we taught them in my loft, west end of Toronto. We could fit anywhere from six to 12 people around the table for a hands-on class. And I could do about oh, 20 awesome. people demonstration style. And it was amazing. But, you know, times were changing. I didn't want to be working evenings and weekends as much anymore. And it was getting harder and harder to get people to physically you know, book time to show up somewhere in person and, and attend an experiential class. Mm -hmm. how, how are you even getting the word out there about your uh, classes in your loft? Shameless self-promotion. So I did everything from my blog, which I wrote consistently every single day for three years to keep content fresh, to keep mm -hmm. the SEO working. And I would guest blog. I had an email list that I was growing. We worked a lot on referrals. I would do free events around the city, around the country at times, and really just getting the word out that this is what we were doing. There was no one else doing it the way I was doing it. And, you know, word spread and, and we would fill up week after week. That's great. Was there anything, because it seems like what you just described, you know, blogging and kind of just hustling and doing all the day-to-day -day things that any normal blogger would do. Um, that's what a lot of us are doing, a lot of the listeners are doing, but it seems like something happened at some point where things just started to, you know, that, that hockey stick curve where all of a sudden things just started taking off. Was there a certain event or something you did in particular that made all that happen or was it a very gradual progress? It, for me, there was a few sort of key milestone things. When I look back, it doesn't feel like it was rapid at all. I think people looking from the outside in might see it that way, but mm -hmm. I still work just as hard today as I did eight years ago when I started. So there were a few key things the first was that I recognized as a nutritionist that I needed to create some sort of product that wasn't based on my time, the whole, the whole passive revenue idea. Right. But I didn't want it to be based on consultations. I didn't want it to be on a service that really does need customized time and approach. So I created a green smoothie cleanse. And this was before there were a whole lot of green smoothie cleanses in 2009. And I offered the opportunity for people to participate for free if they would blog about it or share it in a newsletter. And I had a little link at the bottom that said, if you want to pay, it's $10 and you can sign up anonymously and, and take 
take this little three-day challenge. And it kind of blew up. So everyone was blogging about it and then everyone was buying it. And I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. And then I had to go write the program. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought it would be just like everyone wanted it for free. So I could just give them a little basic PDF. Mm-hmm. So that dramatically increased the reach of my blog very quickly. And then fast forward, you know, two years later, there was an open casting call for a national television show here in Canada. And I went to the audition and I was chosen as the resident nutritionist for this new television show. Um, I lasted six months on on network TV before I was, we we mutually agreed it wasn't the right fit. But on my first episode, um, my editor at, at my publishing house was between jobs, was home, saw me on the show, and she contacted me about a book. So there was the green smoothie cleanse. There was this appearance on national TV that landed me a book deal, which ended up in the second book deal. So there were these few little milestone moments across the, across uh, along the, the journey. But when I look back, you know, I always thought that like, oh, the book is going to catapult me or the TV is going to catapult me. And most of the success has really been as a direct result of my efforts and being consistent, disciplined and doing the work every day and, and really continuing to evolve based on what my community was asking. I love that. I love that. Thank you for being open and honest about that. I think you, I agree. A lot of people think that, you know, they're going to blog and one day something's going to happen where you know, they're going to get picked up or a book's going to go viral or, or even a post will go viral and then everything will change from there. I mean, we see that all the time on YouTube and these kind of 15 minute fames that kind of, and and then then you see some of them get famous, but we don't see the, the everybody who's working hard daily. And it's just seemed like you kept consistent and gave yourself time and these opportunities arose and you, and you took them. Yeah, I think it's important to recognize that it does take that discipline and that patience. And of course, it'd be great if it happened overnight, but I'm a huge advocate. And when I do the business coaching with my graduates of the idea that, you know, slow and steady and building a really solid foundation that's going to resonate with your community and taking the time to get feedback, mm-hmm. you can apply so that you continue doing things better and better. And I've, I've sort of built my business on the premise that I wanted to have control over its success. I didn't want to have to rely on, you know, a TV show or on a book to do that work for me. I mean, you can get a book deal, but unless you work really hard, it's, it's not going to sell no matter how amazing it is. Mm -hmm. And, and all, you know, our greatest successes are going to be a direct result of our own effort. Ah, love that. That's a, that's a tweetable everybody. Just, just, you know, (laughs) we'll, we'll put that in the show notes or something. Um, now you had mentioned that the Academy uh, is pretty much kind of when you took your classes and kind of put them online. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I first tested out with single classes as like single evergreen workshops. They're still there. They don't sell a ton because, you know, content gets stale after a time. Mm-hmm. But the the difference with the certification program was that it was offered one time a year. It was a substantial investment in time and in money. Um, everyone starts the program and finishes effectively on the same day. They're assigned a program coach who are all graduates of the program. So they get feedback on all of their work. Uh, Modules are released on a week by week basis. So it's very much a class dynamic, which builds a very strong community uh, amongst our students and then continues on to our alumni as we continue to support them. So it wasn't that I just took everything I was doing and threw it on the internet and, 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 you know, gave it a name. It was that mm-hmm. it was a very thought out program. And ultimately what I wanted to do was to be able to teach my students what I had learned in teaching. So it's not just about the information, but how to effectively go out in the world and share this information so that our students can then go and launch great businesses from what they learn in the 14 week program. 
I love that. That, that. that sounds a lot more than just kind of taking videos and putting them on a membership website. Where did you get the idea to kind of create this program, have a certification behind it and things like that? I have no idea. I think <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things that evolved. And it, you know, it started out just in my kitchen where we had, you know, 12 people take it the first time in person. They had to come to my kitchen twice a week, do these assignments. It was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And at the end, like we gave them certificates and we had a little final dinner and it was really fun. But the demand was beyond what we could sustain in the kitchen. And if we wanted to scale it, I knew that the internet was going to be the best way to do that. Right. And I, but I didn't want to lose the quality of what people were getting from the in-person experience. So I didn't want to lose the quality in that, you know, a lot of online programs, you're essentially buying a certificate and that's not what I was selling. I was selling an education and the certification needed to be earned by doing the work. And I've always felt, you know, very strongly that my brand and my name is, you know, my, my greatest, my greatest asset that I wanted to protect that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't about, you know, I could make it a lot easier. I could make it a lot cheaper. I'd probably make a lot more money doing that, but that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted people to really get an education. So we love getting certificates. We love getting those rewards for our efforts. And so that's where the certificate came from. And it was midway through our first online session of it that was run under the MeganTeltner.com umbrella that we recognized the amazing work our students were doing and how hard they were working. And we wanted to give them the credibility they deserved. And so we sort of built the idea of a school around what our students needed to go out in the world to say they graduated from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very official. I mean, it is official, I guess. You created this thing. And I think a lot of people don't realize that anybody can do this. Was there any reservations when you were creating this? Like, oh, maybe I'm not qualified to actually create an academy. I think this is a lot of mindset stuff too that comes along with creating something like this. What was going through your head when you were like, I'm going to create a certificate that people are actually going to graduate with? Yeah, I know there's a lot of reservation. There's a lot of fear around, you know, asserting yourself as an authority. Mm -hmm. And I've always used my fear as like the gut check to be like, if I'm not afraid, I'm not extending far enough and to figure out what I'm actually afraid of. So with this, I felt like I had, I put in my time teaching in person for six years and I could see what people were taking from what they were learning into their own life. And so I was okay with that. We do get emails that are like, you know, who are you to be doing this? Um, but ultimately we're teaching people about food. We're not, we're not teaching them how to, you know, cure incurable diseases necessarily, though mm -hmm. that could potentially happen. That's what happened with me. Um, so, so you know, there hasn't been that authority that that has ever raised concern. And I and there isn't a need to either. And what I tell my students, you know, I am a certified nutritionist, but I've dropped all the initials from my name. You know, it's easy to go and collect certificates and, and collect right. all these things. But if you're not awesome and you're not effective and you're not good at what you do, no amount of initials is going to make a difference. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and I think I have to ask a question um, that the audience is thinking because you kind of just passed over it. You had mentioned curing incurable diseases and that's something you <laughs> went through. So I'm going to, uh, I'm curious too. Can you tell us a little bit about, about what that all entails? Yeah. So I, mind? my background is in advertising. That was my first career. I worked for a bunch of ad agencies in digital mm -hmm. um, in 2004 when we talked about campaigns like, could we send an ad to someone via SMS? <laughs> um, like that's where it was in 2004. And I developed serious health issues that after three years, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is um, an autoimmune inflammatory bowel disease commonly believed to be completely incurable. And 
I couldn't go to work. I had to take a leave of absence because I was so sick. And that was when I sort of dove into the field of nutrition to try to figure out, could I fix this? Mm-hmm. And I did. And, you know, I, I can't really use the word cure because um, there is no cure in quotes, but I did heal from it. And so, you know, I'm going on my 10th year, 100% symptom free from a disease I was told I would be living with my whole life. And that was ultimately what drove me to get into nutrition, to start this business and really start the school to empower other people that we can take ownership over our health and we can make a difference. All we need is the knowledge. And so the more people sharing knowledge that can positively influence people's lives, the healthier we all are. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Megan. I think it's a great example of how when we try to serve others and do great things in this world, uh, great things happen to us. And obviously your business is doing really well. Can you give us an idea, any numbers or, or, or how many students have you had that have gone through your program? Anything to give us an idea of how well it's doing? Yeah. So as of December, when we graduated our last class, we graduated about 800 students in 32 countries. Wow. With our current registration that opened the end of March, we're up to 36 countries. And last year we broke the seven-figure mark. Wow. Congratulations, yeah. Megan. That's Thank great. Thank you. Can you walk through us? Because you said that this this enrollment kind of happens once a year. Uh, and, and that's fairly common to kind of have things open and close. But I would love to know how you promote the next course or the next enrollment period. What, what's going on marketing-wise? What's going on for you and your team to kind of prep into really maximizing the amount of people who go through the next enrollment period? Great question. So we take a bit of a different approach than a lot of online programs in that our goal isn't to have as many people as possible. We cap the enrollment mm. to ensure that we actually have a really incredible experience for all of our students and that we can support everyone so that they leave. You know, we have a 97% completion rate, which is very high for an online course. Um, so, so first and foremost, we're not out there with like massive Facebook campaigns and, and massive webinars that are really, you know, there to really get people to sign up. Like Mm -hmm. I have webinars, they're info sessions just about the program and we don't pretend that they're anything else. So we do a few key uh, events leading up from, you know, we launched the end of March and we close early September just before we start. And so we're playing the long game and yeah. we want to ensure that our students are in the program because it's really what they want, not because they were manipulated or felt like they were going to miss out on something. We mm-hmm. want them there because they really want to be there. So we hold info sessions once or twice a month that I host. They're always live and there's a Q&A after. And I go through the entire program completely transparently, not pretending it's anything that it's not. Um, our, our My focus is always to under-promise and over-deliver. So we tell them exactly what they're going to get. And then I aim to go above and beyond all the time. We do a couple virtual open houses. So we have one in July and one in August where students can come in and actually get samples of the different classes so they can see my teaching style. If they like me, if they find me annoying, that's going to be a problem for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just see how I teach and how I teach using food and what we're cooking and get an idea of that. We have a online conference. It's a free conference, a bit like a summit, except we run it as a one-day live event. So effectively every hour on the hour, we release a new interview. So everyone participates live. We have a lot of people will take the day off work to like, as if it's a real conference, a real live conference, it is a real conference. So we do that. And that brings in a lot of new people. 
And then we have a few sort of incentive, you know, purchase incentives where we have a couple bonuses early on. We have, you know, a five-month payment plan that ends after our conference. So there's an incentive there. We have a three-month payment plan that ends after an open house. So we we built in those sort of time-sensitive purchase incentives that will get people to act only because it's a nightmare for us when we get the majority of our enrollment at the end of August and early September, which does happen, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we mail out packages. We mail out a welcome package that includes books and a t-shirt. And so the earlier we can get people in, the easier it is for us to do it. And then uh, shortly before it starts, we actually raise the price. So we never have a discount. Uh, We don't offer coupons, but we do raise the price as we get closer. Got it. Got it. Thank you for that. And then as a student, kind of what is the progress like? How many months is it? How often am I meeting with you? So the program is 14 weeks okay. start to finish and it starts with an orientation. We actually do an advanced orientation that's a tech boot camp. So we help everyone figure out their way around online, the way around our portals. So that mm-hmm. when they actually start, they don't have that stress. And then there's sort of a flow to the week where Fridays they get their new module release. Uh, Mondays they have a call with their program coach. So if they have any questions on any of the assignments, they can connect directly with their program coach. Wednesdays they have cooking assignments due. Thursdays is a live Q&A session with me. Mm -hmm. And Fridays they have their written assignments due. So there's sort of that flow to each week. And, and that's how they go through the program. We typically say it takes anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a week of time. Um, the more organized you are, the quicker it is. The faster you wash dishes, the quicker it is. We often find the students that complain the most about the workload are the ones who are on Facebook the most complaining, complaining <laughs> about the, the workload. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. But we've had students, you know, I, you know, I keep hearing these stories. We had a student incredible named Makayla, who is a single mother of two living in the bush of Australia without internet. And she would drive until she could tether her phone to her computer to submit her assignments. She'd watch all the wow. modules at the local library. And she got the program done with honors. We had a student I found out last year did the program while traveling, did all the cooking assignments in her hotel room with a food processor and a toaster oven. So we hear these stories of what people can accomplish and what's really amazing about this. And I know that, you know, a lot of your listeners are running their own businesses and they've probably experienced this. But when you challenge yourself at that level, you gain a new understanding of what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And that just inspires you to create more and and take bigger leaps each time, which is one of the greatest evolutions we see in in our community as they go through this. I love that. Is there any sort of interaction that the community members can can have with each other? And if so, how are they doing that? Yes. So we have a private Facebook group and we toyed with a few different ways. Did we want our own private chat room? Do we want to, you know, transition to Slack? We we looked at all these different things. And at the end of the day, people are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're on it a lot. And my biggest concern when we took the program online was that it would lose that community aspect. You know, there's nothing quite like sitting down to a table of beautiful food you prepared together and eating together. But what we found through the Facebook group is that there's even more connection, that people are there a lot more, whereas in person we'd eat and everyone would go home. Mm -hmm. So here they're constantly in contact and we have pockets of students, you know, around the world now. So we have students in Mexico who meet up with each other in the Dominican Republic. In Bermuda, there's a group of students in Philadelphia, in California, here in Toronto. And our students start coordinating their own meetups and their own little events. They started a book club. So 
our, our students have led the way in the community. I'm very active in the Facebook group. Whenever I go anywhere, whether it's for business or for personal travel, I do my best to meet up with students, you know, whether I'm in Boulder, Colorado, or I'm in Los Angeles. And, and I, you know, I love being part of this community. So I, I try and participate as much as I can as well. That's great. I love that. That's one of the things I do too. When I travel, I try to meet with my community as much as possible. There's nothing more amazing than getting everybody to get together in person. But you're right. Facebook is a great place to house your community and get everybody talking and interacting. And that's one of the big debates that a lot of people who have online programs have, which is where do I put my community? And sometimes it's on your own stuff or sometimes it's on, on Facebook, but you're, I think you're right. Facebook is definitely the, the, the place to go. And it's easy to set up, of course. Um, one of the questions I had, you had mentioned a 97% success rate, which is amazing. And, and, and again, congratulations to you. This is something that people obviously are taking action on. They're getting the courses, they're taking it, they're doing the assignments and that sort of thing. In the space that, that, that I'm in, in more of the online information product type space, uh, people who have courses, they don't see not even anywhere near that kind of success rate. What are you doing to help your community, your, your customers, your students actually take action and, and fulfill their duties as students there to actually see those results? Yeah, so I think a part of it goes back to our sales strategy, which is, again, not to bring in massive amounts of people and, you know, bring in massive amounts of money. It's to bring in people who really want to be there that know exactly what they're signing up for and, and what to expect. Mm -hmm. And another key thing, it is a big investment. So it's an, you, you, the more you spend often, the more you value something. Totally, totally. We also have our program coaches and they work with students groups of 15 to 20. So they're small sort of subclasses within the larger group. We try and pair people with coaches who are in there, at least their time zone, if not their city. And they are handing their assignments into the same person twice a week, getting feedback from the same person. And if they miss something in an assignment, they don't automatically fail. The coach works with them to figure out, you know, why was this missed and how do we, how do we make it work? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we have very strict deadlines. If you miss deadlines consistently, you don't get the certificate. But you also have your coach to say, you know, can we set something up? Should we create a new schedule for you so that you can succeed? And so our coaches are trained and they have the authority to make these decisions with their students so that we can help our students to succeed and, you know, help them overcome the barriers. And we, we know the flows now. We know the weeks where the students are going to be a little bit freaked out, be like, oh, my God, this is so much work. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we also know what happens at the end when they have their teaching experience and they're like high as a kite over getting to inspire their friends and family and get to put all everything they'd worked for into practice in the kitchen. So I think that the success rate is two part. It's that we're bringing in people who really want to be there and then we're working really hard to, to keep them happy and to help them succeed as, as much as we can. You know, we're not trying to trick them. There's no pop quizzes. They get all their assignments, mm -hmm. all of the recipe assignments, everything the day they begin. So they, we actually give them a calendar so they can actually import that calendar to Google or iCal, whatever they're using. So they know exactly when the deadlines are for the entire 14 week program. That's great. That's great. One of the big differences I think here is that, you know, you guys actually care about the success rate of your students. You know, a lot of people, and, and I'm not mentioning any names in particular, but a lot of people who have online courses, it's kind of just, they create the course and then it's boom, that's it, good luck. Like mm -hmm. you do, like I've done my part, now it's your turn to do your part. But you have coaches and you have people holding people accountable. And of course, the price point, you're absolutely right that that when people part with that much money, um, they're gonna mostly want to actually get what they got out of it in terms of what they paid. What? How much is the, is, is the academy to, to take part? 
Yeah. So there's four levels. So the honorary level, which is like auditing it, is 1890. And that basically means you don't actually have a coach. You just get all the course material and it's for personal interest. The certified level is $24.99 and that's where you're actually doing the work handing it in. You're talking thousand, like $2,499. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then we have uh, a certified professional level that's $2,950 where they get a four-week business component at the end of it. And so that's an optional component for people who really want to get the business teachings from it. Mm -hmm. And the top level is $36.90, always sells out first. And that includes... Uh, one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with me. Love that. And then the coaches, this is a, an interesting component that a lot of people don't do as well. How are they integrated into the course in terms of like, are they partners with the program or do they get paid or, or, or like your employees? How does, how does that all work? Yes. So the, the administrative side of it is that they're on contract for the mm -hmm. duration of the program and they get paid per student that they work with. So if a student drops out, uh, before the halfway mark, the coach will lose that payment for the student. Ah, incentive for them to make sure they do their stuff. So it's incentive. And, and we have, we've actually, I've fired, I've only had to fire one student um, who was just rude and there's no tolerance for treating anyone on the team badly. And, you know, we, we often see it where they'll speak to our, their coach one way. And when I email them, it's a totally different tone. And oh, I, I don't see. know tolerance for that. So we have asked a student to leave, given them a full refund, bid them farewell. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, typically we, we do incentivize our, our coaches to, to work with the students to help them to, to, to get through the program. All of our coaches are graduates of the program. And when we go to hire for the next year, we give precedent to, or preference to the, the coaches that have, that have been with us. So mm -hmm. they get to choose if they want to come back or not. And all of our coaches get great ratings if they, our graduates have to actually rate their coach. So if they get bad feedback, then we probably wouldn't ask them back, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so all of our coaches who want to come back are welcome back. And then each year we, we add a few more as we sort of grow how many students we accommodate each time. And, and that's how that works. So they invoice me as contractors and yeah. I love that. That's great. And one of the final questions I have, Megan, before we finish up here, and again, thank you so much for your time. This has been really enlightening and inspirational, actually. Um, the technology, I think this is another thing that people who are hearing this are like, yes, this would be great to do something similar in my niche, but you know, the technology scares the crap out of them. How did you learn the technology and what programs or tools are you using to help you? Yes. Good question. It's like, that's like, that is actually literally the million dollar question. Isn't it? <laughs> so I tried everything we started and, and I learned it like most entrepreneurs learn it because you have to learn it. So my first website was a WordPress site. My first e-commerce was I think WordPress with PayPal. And then it went to lemon stand and there was a text pattern in there. It, it's been all over the show. Mm -hmm. So we're now dealing with a custom WordPress and we looked at so many course management systems. And it was really hard to find exactly what we needed with like one checkout, one login mm -hmm. where people could, you know, we use the same system on megantelpner.com where there's multiple courses. So we wanted them to have a dashboard where they could see everything they purchased. And so as we made our wish list, we realized we were going to have to go custom. And mm -hmm. what we did originally the first time we ran the program online was we used a WooCommerce plugin called Sensei which is a very basic online learning 
plugin, mm -hmm. basically. The challenge we had was how customized I wanted it, you know, what pages would have quizzes and what pages would have videos. And so we customized and customized and customized until it was literally being held together by a thread, <laughs> which terrifies. If, if your entire revenue is based on online programs and it's held together by a frayed thread, it's terrifying. <laughs> So finally, uh, we had the time and the budget. Um, the business is completely self-funded. So we've just built things as we could afford to. Uh, and we just today actually had the first preview of our custom LMS system, which is incredible. Oh, nice. And I'm very excited. So it was finding a really amazing developer who understood what I wanted and, you know, working with the designer and really getting that getting that built. I think one of the biggest challenges with with people who are running online courses is that we want to find developers, we want to find team members who are going to do the strategy for us, who are going to figure out the logic and the flow. And of all the businesses I know of that are really succeeding, it's coming from the person running the business who has that vision. And it takes time to, you know, do do the clarity work and mm -hmm. figure out, you know, what the flow is going to be and how different users are going to access it. And it takes time. And I think, you know, using a, a ready-made system was amazing for the first few years because it helped me to really clarify what I needed this to do and how I could allow it to grow so that not just when we have 100 students in program, but when we have 300 or when we have 500, we have 1,000 right. in at one time if we ever choose to do that, which might be a, a monkey show. But <laughs> um, but so I, I think that that's a really important thing to be clear on is, is knowing what functionality you actually need. So I get asked all the time by students, like, what do you recommend for courses? But it always, I always turn the question around being like, what do you need it to do? Mm -hmm. And, and that will be a big part. And then writing out that wish list and finding whether it's a developer or working with an existing platform that allows, that, that checks enough of the boxes that you have for what you need it to do. When you started out and you started using Sensei, were you doing that work or had you had somebody else help you with that? No, I was not doing that work. I know how to use it. Uh, I had someone join me um, back in 2011 as full-time everything assistant. Uh -huh. And her keen interest, her name is Maeve, her keen interest was in uh, developing her coding HTML, doing more of the back-end stuff. So she transitioned to that. And then we work with a back-end developer. So together they sort of took over that component. So uh, okay. I could focus on my strength, which was really, you know, content and, and marketing. Yeah, good for you. Megan, awesome. I love hearing about your journey and I'm so excited to see what's coming next. I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. So congratulations to you. Kudos to you and your community and your team and, and everything you have going on. If people want to learn more about you, um, where can they go? To learn more about me, I'm at megantelpner.com and I'm at megantelpner across social media. And my school is culinarynutrition.com and it's at academycn on Twitter, culinarynutrition on Instagram. So that's where I'm at. And I have to thank you, Pat, for what you do with your show and the guests you bring on. And I know that I've been influenced by what I've learned through your show. And I'm sure that there's millions of others that have as well. Thank you so much, Megan. And for everybody else out there, that's uh, M-E-G-H-A-N-T-E-L-P-N-E-R. NER. Uh, but again, go to the show notes, all those links and everything Megan just mentioned will be there. Uh, Megan, this was a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you and uh, we look forward to hearing more from you soon. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Megan Telpner. Again, she is at Megan 
telpner.com or culinarynutrition.com. Uh, Megan is spelled M-E-G-H-A-N. And uh, all the links in the, the notes are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 219. That's where the show notes are located. As always, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 219. Uh, Megan, I know you listen to the show every once in a while. Uh, thank you for coming on as a guest. I love featuring people who listen to the show. And if uh, you have a success story that you want to share, make sure you email me, use the contact form on smartpassiveincome.com and I'm collecting those and I'm reaching out to people every once in a while to uh, to get those. And so thank you for that. And, and thank you again, Megan. Um, before I go, I just want to thank you all for supporting my new book, Will It Fly? Uh, I guess it's not so new because it's a few months old now, but it's still selling. It's still doing really well. Uh, one thing that is surprising me is just how well the audiobook is actually performing in terms of sales. It's outperforming the Kindle book and the physical book combined. And that sort of makes sense because uh, I have a lot of listeners here on the podcast. And if you want to check it out and join the other listeners who have also picked up Will It Fly, go ahead and go to smartpassiveincome.com slash audio. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash audio. You can pick it up there on Amazon and get it downloaded to your Audible device, uh, your whatever app you have Audible installed on. Or if you're not yet on Audible, guess what? When you sign up, you get one free credit and you can download Will It Fly for free. And it's me reading it in, in the same voice that you hear right now. And it was such a pleasure to create for you. And I know you'll enjoy it and get a lot of great actionable content out of it too. So you can validate your next business idea without wasting your time and money. That's really what it's all about. So again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash audio. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to uh, next week's episode. I really am looking forward to next week's episode because next week we interview the co-founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it is an interview that literally made me cry. It made me laugh. It made me smile. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it too. So I look forward to seeing you then. Until then, keep moving forward, keep pushing the needle, and uh, do whatever it takes to make progress and serve others because that's how you will find success. Cheers, take care, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.